0: Amen. Well, it's good to be together tonight. If you have a Bible, you can open it up to Acts chapter 2. That's kind of where we've been on uh, Wednesday nights, making our way through the book of Acts. Uh, Tonight, we're going to do that just a little bit, but I also want to just preface this by telling you it's also going to be a little bit of a different night. Uh, in the sense that we're going to kind of pick up off some of the stuff that we've been talking about, and then we just want to kind of just talk for a few moments about revival. We want to talk about kind of things that are taking place. I know that for probably all who are here this evening, uh, these are things that are uh, stuff you would understand. I mean, in one sense, it's in the news. We think about uh, things happening over in Asbury, the things that are kind of happening in different pockets and spaces in our nation, and it just seemed appropriate uh, for us just to take some time uh, just to talk about that, pray about that, and we're going to give some space for that. Um, So before we even talk about that, let me just pause right now and ask for God's help and favor uh, upon us, and you ask as well, ask that God would speak to us this evening, and that which he has in store for us, he would bring us into. Father, tonight, it's a good space for us to come and gather and to seek you, seek your face. For things that you're doing and, and just to, to look at you as a God who is a giver of life um, in, in all of its fullness and all of its space. And God, even as we take a little bit of a different evening uh, to talk a little bit about what's happening around in different pockets of our nation and even how we might respond to that, um, I just bring it before you and say, Lord, no manipulation, no control from, from me. Couldn't do that anyway. Not of you just wanting to come and step into this moment and be authentically in it. God, asking for help in that, asking that you would meet us and whatever you have in store for us here tonight. Help us to discover that. Help us to find that. And and just to know those things that you're seeking to do. God, we ask for help and favor right now. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So, just again to remind you, I know this, that for many of you guys, you are probably as informed, if not more informed, uh, than where I am, but it's been an interesting season in our nation. Two weeks ago, uh, in Asbury, Kentucky, at Asbury Christian University, uh, they'd gotten together for their normal Wednesday morning chapel, uh, did a Bible study that was not anything uh, manipulative or remarkable, as teaching through the book of Romans, verse by verse. Uh, and at the end of it, they just had some time to to, to worship and pray, and about 14 of the students just kind of stayed. I mean, like, they just decided, hey, we're not done. Uh, you know, we, we're going to stay here. And they just continued into a space of worship and prayer, and then it just didn't stop. I mean, people just kept coming, uh, you know, and so for the last two weeks, it's been pretty much almost nonstop, almost around the clock, just spaces of, of, of just ki- kids and, and people kind of crowding into Asbury, Kentucky, and really kind of questions of what God is doing. I mean, questions of, you know, is this revival? Is this awakening? Is this just an outpouring and a light even the way some of them addressed it in a place of saying, hey, we're not here to define it. We're just wanting to see. Uh, that which God is doing and, and, and being a part of it, and so we wanted to step into that here this evening. But I kind of wanted to be kind of very clear where we're heading and where we're going this tonight. I'm not here as a advocate of what's happening in Asbury, nor am I here to critique it. I just want to talk about revival for a few moments. I want us to talk about how we could process this and even uh, things that that we would say, hey, what should I? How should I respond? What should we be praying for or looking at in regards to this? And uh, then you know we're going to spend some time on that. And then we're just going to take some time. I'm just going to open it up. We're just going to pray and, and just going to give you a moment to, to pray quietly, pray out loud. Uh, we'll just kind of just cry out for what God's doing in us and our land. Then we'll maybe take some ex- extended time to just to worship uh, tonight and just we'll kind of see where this goes. But I just want to say, hey, we just want to step towards that into a place um, that just wanted just to talk about it. So all that simply to say, I, I, I'm just glad to have you guys here this evening, glad to be able to do this. I, we have some that are new here this evening. We're glad to have you. And I just want to tell you, we don't ever do it like this. This is just different. So don't kind of like judge us on this evening. If you like if you like like this, don't come back expecting it again. Um, if you hate it, come back again. You know, give us another shot. But just, hey, we just wanted to kind of be open uh, to just talking about things that God is doing and, and where this is going. And it may even just give some space for questions. Though again, I'm not here to answer questions about what's happening over there, I just want to talk about revival and and, and talk about how it goes. Uh, One other quick FYI, uh, normally on Wednesday nights, the last Wednesday night of the month, we do communion, but February is such a weird month. I mean, just short, kind of messes us up and everything, so we're going to do that next week. It just doesn't flow really well with how we're going to kind of process this evening, so next week on the 1st of March, we'll have communion as we end our Wednesday night service. So revival, um, let's just think about it for a moment, and maybe the easiest way to process it is just to give you a glimpse through some of what's happened in our nation, Uh, the number of revivals that have touched our nation and shaped it. Uh, I want to just begin by just talking to you one that took place in 1857. Uh, that, that just really did shatter uh, many things within our nation, things that were taking a place in the midst of that. For those who study history in those space, the, the nation had hit a really bad space. Uh, just spiritually, it was low. Churches had, had poor attendance everywhere. Morality was horrible. I mean, it, was just, it just seemed like the, the nation was on a downhill slope, and it was heading there fast. Uh, those who look on that would, would say that in the midst of that, you're looking at uh, places where uh, even just the way that, you know, racial tensions that were happening, or the Dred Scott decision happens there, uh, the one that determined that, uh, you know, people who, black people had, had no personhood. Uh, they, were, they were just to be treated as things, and, and a horrible moment in our history, a horrible moment uh, in the way that God was doing that, fracturing our nation in, in incredible ways at the same moment um, there's kind of some runaway, if you want to say it this way, money had become more of an idol in our nation than it had for a long time, and all of these things were shattering it. In 1857, though, there became some incredible instability uh, within the banking industry. There's a great bank, bank panic of 1857 that shattered a lot of fortunes, shattered a lot of the way the world did things, so lots of, of, of tensions were happening in the midst of that year, and then in 1857, there is this great prayer meeting revival that lasted about a year. So here's a little bit of the story. There was a, a man who named Jeremiah Lamphere, 48-year-old businessman, and he just began to have his heart, heart for the city, city of New York there, city for, for, for people, for business people, just looking at people. He's just heartbroken over where they were. And so he decided that he just wanted to kind of begin reaching out to them. And so he decided to have a prayer meeting. And he put out a little pamphlet to invite people to prayer meeting. And kind of in our day and age, it was, you know, not in anything like a, a well-published, I don't know, uh, kind of, you know, catchy, eye catch anything. In fact, this is what it read. So the front, front part of it just simply said, how often shall I pray? As often as the language of prayer is in my heart, as often as I see my need of help, as often as I feel the power of temptation, as often is I have made a sensible of any spiritual declension or feel the aggression of a worldly, earthly spirit in prayer. We leave the business of time for that of eternity and intercourse with God. So there's kind of his little thing, hey, this prayer's powerful. Like we should just, you know, prayer's a good thing to do. And so he just invited people. He said every day, uh, there'd be a daily prayer, a day prayer meeting, sorry, once a week, held every Wednesday from 12 to 1 o'clock. So an hour prayer meeting was going to take place, at the Constitutory Building in North uh, Dutch Church, the corner of Fulton and William Streets. This meeting is intended to give merchants, mechanics, clerks, strangers, and businessmen generally an opportunity to stop and call on God amid of the perplexities uh, incident to their respective vocations. So that was the invitation. I don't know. I mean, it's just, maybe it's just because I'm in a whole different world right now. It's like, hey, that's, you know, that's just, that's not eye-catching. Like, that's just not, I mean, we, can, we, we need to talk, I don't know. But, but that was his whole appeal. Like, hey, we ought to pray and hey, just going to make a place that's available, you can come and pray, and so that's exactly what began to happen, so he has that, starts that prayer meeting revival, he has his first prayer meeting September 23rd of 1857, and he starts there, gets there, and six people show up, so it's great, it's a great 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 little start, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's fine, you know, we're going to pray, so they prayed for the hour, Uh, some came and went, but it was a small prayer meeting, but there was a sense of favor in that, so they wait a week, they have another one, September 30th, 20 people show up. I mean, so it's grown, you know, that's that's a big, you know, kind of increase in the midst of it. That was kind of encouraging. One week later, 40 people show up. But there was a sense of something, something that they hadn't really anticipated, that there was a sense that God was working. So they decided at that moment, hey, we ought to have it daily. Uh, Instead of meeting once a week, we're going to start meeting uh, daily. October 14th, one week later, there's there's a hundred people that show up. It's the same day that the, the bank panic is, is really gripping the nation. And, and so people are there uh, in brokenness and weeping and struggling. And, and at that moment, just it, it just seems like it explodes. Uh, soon, there were more than 6,000 people coming to that daily prayer meeting. Uh, not just at that church, it had begun to expand to churches all across uh, New York at that point in time. And everybody was like, hey, we, we need to be praying. Like, this is a moment uh, for crying out to God. And so, you know, they just began to circulate and, and just all across the city, people were gathering, just crying out to God uh, for his incredible work. Um, 10,000 people were joining the churches weekly, which was astronomical. I mean, it was almost as if you'd look across the nation and, and, and just... The, the, the church that had been declining with poor and poor attendance, now every week there were like 10,000 people more uh, in churches throughout the, the land in that space. Those who kind of calculated it said in two years there were more than a million converted to Christ. I mean, it turned the nation in, in a dark space. I mean, in an incredible space, kind of stepping in there, radically affecting things in amazing ways. And, and it just, it changed lives. It changed where things were going. And that's an amazing kind of an account, much more details we could give it, but I want to just pause and say it's just one among many. If we look upon what's happened within the United States, uh, we'd go back to 1734, to the Great Awakening. This is Jonathan Edwards, this is George Whitefield, John Wesley, and, and just an awakening that began to stretch through our land, uh, really radically affecting uh, people and, and again, in a massive way where uh, the nation was struggling and, and, and now turning to Christ in huge ways. We had the Second Great Awakening around 1800s to 1840, kind of camp-meaning revivals that it began to sw- switch through, and, and just again, another amazing space uh, whereby people were getting saved. Then, right after the Civil War, uh, the, it, it left the nation ravaged, and there was an awakening that happened in the midst of that. There were some urban revivals in 1875 to 1885. Uh, then there was the Welsh revival, probably one that was well-known in the midst of it, just that touched our world, that, that radically affecting just, uh, just people turning back in the early 1900s, um, there's an awakening right after Second World War II that again shook our nation, and then that takes us to about the Jesus movement in the 1960s. Now, I, again, I'm not going through and giving the details of these, but I'm just telling you our history has been spotted with this as a nation. You could almost look at every one of these and watch our nation kind of on this place where it just looks like we were we were we were we were going down badly morally, spiritually, uh, horrendous things happening in in the midst of it, and then God would do something. God would do something that would be a revival. Now, revival is an interesting term, and without just getting too technical about it, revival has the idea of uh, refreshing, renewing life that's already there. You don't revive um, something that doesn't have life. So we're not talking about salvations. Those salvations would roll through these. That would often be called an awakening, where people get an awakening of, of their souls, but a revival was for God's people. A revival was for a sense that God's people were almost as if you would you know, have a paramedic show up on the scene, and you have somebody who's alive, but not doing really well. You know, not doing really well, like they're, 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 you know, their pulse is declining, their, their breathing is shallow, and, and, and so you jump into that moment to try to revive them. To, to bring back life. And that's what revival often is. It's almost in this place where the church has been like, doing really, really badly, and then God moves in incredible ways. Now, you may know all about those kinds of things, again, maybe better than I do. If you're wanting more, a couple resources I just wanted to quickly toss out to you. Uh, one of them is a man named J. Edwin Orr. He is now with Jesus, uh, but he is probably one of the best revival historians I know, um, and so he did a number of them. There's actually a website uh, at jedwinor.com uh, that has both audio videos and books that you can get and read. And if any of those sound good and you're like, Jim, I want to know more about these. I don't, I've never heard uh, of some of these revivals. I'd like to know what happened in the midst of them. Uh, he does that. He goes through there and will walk through what happened and how it happened and how it changed our nation uh, at any spo- each space. And it's just a good space to think through. On top of that, interestingly enough, maybe you already know this, but this week, uh, starting tomorrow, so running into Friday, uh, the movie Jesus Revolution is coming out uh, that is going to document the 1960s uh, revival a little bit, and, and so it's going to be here in Roswell, and you know, I'd even toyed with us trying to have like a church movie night, you know, kind of booking the theater out, and it just has gotten away from me. There's just so many things happening right now, so instead, I'm just going to stand here and say, you should go. Uh, like you should go. Go get a ticket, go watch it, um, and, and kind of just be excited over these things, because the timing of it is kind of just like provocative in many ways. Like, that's interesting. Like, that's kind of crazy cool, because, you know, this movie's been in production for a while, and now it's going to come out just talking about the Jesus movement, talking about what God did, and again, it's an interesting space where we are, and all that just kind of lands just wondering, okay, here we are, 2023, is it, is it time? Is that where we are? Now, here's the honest answer to that. Nobody knows that right now because a revival is really known not because of an experience, but because people are revived. Um, you can't really tell until you get to see the impact. And then if the impact happens, if all of a sudden the church comes alive and, and is, is making a difference and then then evangelism begins to happen, I mean, it's, it's a needed space. But I know that you probably know this. I kind of put a little... Um, letter written by a pastor of another Calvary Chapel that I thought did a good job uh, defining revival. And so it's in your book uh, that you could have picked up tonight. And I just, I really appreciated some of the stuff that he talked about. You know, we think about what's happened in Asbury uh, the last couple of weeks. And one of the interesting things about whatever this is, if it's an awakening, if it's a revival, is it specifically targeted uh, at kind of the Generation Z? It seems like that's really the people that have really been engaged. Uh, it's been, you know, kind of the college age, uh, just people that were the ones that where God poured out, and even in the midst of it, it's been the strength of it. Um, it's been those who've been carrying it on and been leading it, where uh, God has been moving. And maybe you already know this, but I just want to tell you that is desperately needed. I mean, I don't know how you feel about where we are as a a nation right now, where you feel where we are as a world right now. I want to tell you, we're in a scary space, according to some of the stats. And and, uh, so the the pastor wrote that in the little thing that I said, when we think about Generation Z, the college age students, it is the most irreligious generation in the history of America that fewer of those people in that category actually have a true saving faith or truly loving Jesus going to church and in and, and a doctrinal like, hey, genuinely there. It is one of the scariest spaces that we've been in, in many ways. And, and you look at where our nation is morally, you look at where we are and things, and I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like we're like at a precipice. Like if God doesn't come through, I don't know how long we got. I don't know how long this comes through. And so it's kind of one of those questions, you know, it's like, is it, are we, is, do we have space for another revival? Do we have a space that's gonna revive the church a little bit, bring people up back a little bit? And I don't know the answer to that, but I know this, I want it, I want it. So let's go back to Acts chapter two just for a moment. And so you got your Bibles open there. I asked you to open uh, to that. And if you were with us last week, we started Acts 2 one of the interesting things, is that this is one of the first progress reports of the church, of God pouring it out, and interestingly enough, revivals, they look like this. Um, it comes back to this, and, and so it's really that space of what it looks like, and so without going into all the background that we did last week, so if you missed any of that, you can go back and get that, get the message from last week. We kind of gave you a breakdown of the chapter that you have just Pentecost, you have the beginning of the church in the first four verses. We have the impact that takes place in the, in the next section, then Peter's sermon, and then a progress report. So I tell you what, since you've got your Bibles, I want to make sure we're reading that. Let's read the first four verses, then we're going to hop to the last of the chapter and just read this event, and then we're going to talk just a tiny bit about revivals, and then we're going to give a space, uh, space for us to pray and talk, and talk to God about it. So there in verse 1, it begins this way. and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Wow. So it's this huge impact. The crowds respond. They begin seeking. Peter preaches an incredible sermon that we'll be diving into uh, next time. But now scan on down um, to, we'll just pick it up in verse 38. Then Peter said to them, actually I'll go back to Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they hear Peter's sermon, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Like, how do we respond to this? And Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Gosh, that just feels present. Uh, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. I mean, it's amazing. 3,000 people get saved. And they continued Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers and fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor uh, with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Wow. So this is great report. I mean, this is like day one. This is like day one of what we know as the church. This is like our beginning. This is where it happens, and so in many ways, when we think about revival, it is in so many ways a going back to that. Last week, we walked through those first four verses, and I talked to you about a a number of the things that happened there and how they pictured those things that God has for us, and I wanna just remind you and say they're good pictures of what takes place in a revival, how so, just a few things, and then again, we'll give space for it. One of the first things is understanding both the timing of it and the way that it happens, that there's this sound from heaven, And, and one of the things that was so solidly true then and has been true of every single revival since is this God? It's sovereign. It is not something that can be orchestrated. It's not something that can be uh, manipulated. See, I talked to you about like Jeremiah Lamphere. I told you about how he did this prayer meeting and then there was this great revival that took place. Absolutely happened. But I can also tell you that there's been over a thousand times that people have tried to recreate that where they're like, okay, the key is a, a daily prayer meeting. That's just got what we got to do. We just got to get people praying in, in a big city and, and you, you, can't, you can't do that. There's no way to create it. It's not something that anybody has, you know, manipulation over. If it's a revival, if it's a genuine revival, it's always sovereign. It's always sovereign. It's God. It's not been defined. It's not been organized. It can't be controlled. It can't be manipulated. And neither can we. I mean, we're going to step into a space that we're going to pray, but we're just going to say, "Very, very, we we can't ask. We can't make that happen here. Nor am I, you know, but we can ask for it." But there is a space of just recognizing it's always God, it's always Him, and He does it in an amazing way. We also kind of notice that there's a sense that there's this, this, this blowing of wind. I mean, is this picture of, of the work of the Spirit. I talked about last week that Jesus tells us, you know, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. It's a pretty powerful little picture, this is, here's how this works. It's like a wind that's blowing. And, and uh, you know, I just think that in one sense, when you think about a revival, it's always that way. So kind of that's a little bit why we're doing what we're doing tonight. We can't manipulate it. But I, I would just, in a very silly uh, way that works for my brain, I'm going to put up my mainsail. You know, just, you know, just if the, if the Lord wants to blow, I want him to blow. You know, I mean, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't control wind but I certainly can say, Lord, I want to be available to say, hey, if you're longing to work, here we are. I mean, we just want to be a part of that, but it is him. But when it happens, it is that sense that it fills the room, that there is a, almost a palpable sense of God. So in every revival uh, that has taken place, it's a genuine revival. It's a sense of God's presence. It's a sense of almost an Isaiah six moment You know, being in God's presence, His holiness, His greatness—it's humbling. uh, It's—it brings repentance. It brings you know great brokenness in the midst of it. It's always that way, and and that's what our great need is. Our great need is His presence, and that's how it began. It's what we need, but it's also a sense that it unites people. So there's this palpable sense of God, this filling of the house at the same month as one accord. And I just want to simply say. But that's like basic 101 Christian stuff, like love God, love people. That's who we are. And so when a revival happens, guess what happens? We love God and we love people. Uh, you know, it just, it stirs that up in, in, in massive ways, uh, which is desperately what we're needing. It's desperately what we're needing. And then from that, people get saved. Again, I can just take you through every one of those awakenings and revivals. I can tell you the church hit low spaces and, and, and yet in every one of the massive numbers of people being saved. The 1960s changed our world. I don't know how you feel about our world right now. Maybe you feel the racial tensions. Maybe you feel uh, you know things happen in church. I can tell you the 60s were that. If you know anything about the 60s, uh, you, you, you would know that the racial tensions that were there. Martin Luther King, we, you'd look upon all, our, our nation was at a, at a tipping point Drugs was, was, was the, 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 the scheme of the era, the, you know, free love, free sex, free whatever was touching our world, and it seemed like a moment we were about to lose a generation, and God changed it. And, and again, there's a sense of, of when he does that, what's what we're longing for, and, and yet when that happens, it, it changes the, the framework. People get saved. I mean, awakenings happen, and so I love that, certainly what we want to talk about, and certainly what we want to think about, but through that, it is a space of prayer, of us, you know, by the, God, by the power of the Spirit, but in our lives looking at it, and to say it this way, J. Edwin, or in a number of his talks, will simply say it, there's never, there's never in the history of mankind been a revival that hasn't been marked by united prayer of God's people, it's never happened, uh, you know, God does it sovereignly, but He stirs up His people to pray, So that's kind of where I wanted to come tonight. I wanted to come and just say, I don't know how you're responding to the news in Asbury. I don't know if you're excited or you're critical. And maybe you're a little bit of both. That's not a bad deal. But I do know you should pry. I do know, and I'm hoping you already are. I'm hoping you're like, God, I hope it's real. God, I would love to see you because it's an interesting thing. So some of you have been tracking it better, but they, they made some changes. I mean, it, you know, been 24-7, uh, you know, the, Asbury, the, the meeting at the Asbury has been taking place. They, they switched it. They, they locked it to mostly being the college students there uh, in, in the thing, and they gave other spaces for people to gather going to Asbury. And that's what's happening. But at the same moment, it's begun in other spaces. A number of the colleges have looked upon that and said, hey, we're, we're going to start waiting. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have some time of waiting on God. And there's been reports all across our land of this happening. And again, it's one of those spaces of like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's going to happen. I mean, I hope so. I, I, I don't, I mean, I'm just telling you it's desperately needed. And, and so we want to both do two things. We want to pray for that. And I give you some space to pray with us this evening, to pray for God's work in our land, but also, again, to pray for it here and pray for it, what God would have for us. So before we do that, I, I kind of mentioned, I want to just quickly open it up. If you have a question about revival, again, I'm not defending nor accusing. I do not, you know, again, I'm not an, an advocate for what's happening in Asbury. I'm just excited over the possibility. But if you have a quick question over something I said that I didn't make clear or you wanted me to make more clear, I so want to answer that really quickly, and then we'll take some time to pray and wait upon God. So any questions that you had here before we go into this that you would feel like, hey, please answer this? Going once, going twice. The Abilene University, yes, it's a Methodist college. Uh, it's, it's a Methodist university in Abilene. So uh, they've been one that have uh, loved the idea of revival. So they, even though the the sermon wasn't about revival, they have seen a number of them and they pray for it a lot. Uh, A number of really cool stuff in that. So good. Anybody else? Okay. Well, I'm just gonna put a verse up on the screen. It's one that I mentioned Sunday. It's my favorite one. It's my favorite one. I wanna think about revival because it defines for me what I'm asking for. There in Psalm 85, uh, just the, the psalmist says, hey, just asking God, God, would you not revive us? Would you not revive us again i mean he 's done it he 's done it over and over, but God would you do it again? And the output of that would be that god 's people, your peoples, are praying to God, we would find Him to be our joy. Uh, we would find Him to be the source of our life, which is exactly what Jesus offers, right He says, "I came to give you life. I came to give you life and life abundantly. The, the enemy comes in to steal, kill and destroy, but I want life for you." And if you're like me, I'm kind of in one of those spaces, like I love that. I sure would like more of that. Uh, I, I would not hold myself up as not needing it. I would say, I, I, I would love to be just God to breathe fresh life into me, but I'm longing for it for our land. I'm longing for it for, for, uh, for our people. So, again, kind of two aims in this space. We just want to ask for that. And so it might be something you want to pray for out loud, it might be something you want to pray for quietly. Maybe you already have, but maybe you haven't. Where you say, okay, God, count me in. Like I, I wanted, I'd love to be revived. Uh, revive me. Revive me in the midst of it. Revive us. And we'll just want to wait and just see what he has in that. But we also want to just give a, moments to pray for our nation right now, uh, to pray for our universities, to pray for this, this generation. And if that's where God sovereignly you know, makes the revival happen and, and we just get to be spectators of it, I'm overjoyed. I mean, that, that is desperately needed. God is sovereign. He can do it how he wants. But I just want to tell you, it's a little bit what's happening, but there's great, great need there. But we should be praying for it. So I'm just going to start us in prayer, and then I'm just going to leave you, just going to give some space. And so if you want to pray out loud, uh, do so. Uh, you, know, you want to pray quietly, do so. We're just going to take some time to pray for this, and we'll wait up on him. And then uh, we will probably just do worship for a little bit uh, in the midst of it, just having some space Uh, of seeking God. So that's where we're going. So again, if you're in the overflow, you're not gonna be able to hear that well. Uh, So hey, you want to make your way in, you can come in. Um, If you're online, I'm sorry. I know it's a little bit where this space where it's already going to be a little disconnected, but you know what? You can pray. You can pray for our nation. You can pray for, for where God is with you. Just do that. Take this space right now to say, okay, we want to pray for this, like we want to be a part of this. So uh, I'm going to begin this, but I'm going to turn off my mic. Uh, again, that's sorry for you guys in the overflow and, and, and online, but you can come. But I just wanted to be part of this room. I just want to be here. And just with the same voice that you have, uh, just want to just pray, just lead us in prayer. But then I'm just going to leave you guys praying and then I'll come back. I'll continue praying. Uh, but let's just ask God to do it. So let's pray right now.